I'm Mary Angela Abeo, and this is the Face to Faces podcast, a conversation series that provides a platform focusing on the LGBTQ and POC communities and their allies in the areas of activism, politics, mental health, arts and entertainment, and community. In this space, we discuss the human experience in our ever-changing world. My goal here is to remind you that while you may have moments where you feel isolated and alone, there is always an incredible community of people here that is safe. We all connect to people at our deepest pains and our greatest joys. And in this space, we're here for those moments and everything in between. I'm so glad you're here. Take a seat next to me. It's always open. Now, let's lean in. Okay, everyone, I am so excited to have my friend and fellow Capricorn, Eva Echo here. Eva uses she, her pronouns. Uh, She's a trans advocate, a mental health and suicide awareness advocate, and um, pretty much a social media influencer is what I call you, because I'm proud to be your friend. Um, She is an ambassador for the London Trans Clinic and a spokesperson for gendered intelligence and the founder and why she is here today to talk to us about her new project called Pass It On, which is creating and sharing conversations around the trans and non-binary experience. Eva, welcome back. I love having you here. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. First of all, how are you right now? You know, we've we've been through a year. We're almost at a year right now in quarantine. Yeah. Over um, in the UK. A mess. Let's just put it that way. Um, we don't know what's going on very much. They're just drip feeding information, and we're just sat at home trying to get by, just trying to exist, basically. I'm sorry. That's a lot. It's a lot to deal with on top of everything. And you know, looking at your list of all of the things that you're already doing in the world, um, I can imagine that that's a lot on top of all of that. It's yeah. It it takes some discipline to kind of tune away from the shit show of the government, everything, the handling of COVID, and just sit down and focus on what I need to do for me and those around me and like my followers on, on social media. So yeah, it's it's a testing time and I like to think I'm getting there, but like, you know, I'm human, everyone's human. We all just need to do what we need for ourselves during these times. Yeah, I agree with that statement. And well I think you're doing a lot for other people and I don't know, because I'm in that same boat, because I do the same kind of work as you in, in many ways, I feel like um, we both know that it helps us too yeah. when we do this work and we get a lot out of it as well. I don't know if you feel that way, but I definitely feel that way. Definitely. I mean, um, I've always thought of pe- other people before me. I'm, I'm happy to spend all my time doing things for other people, for various people, because for me, that that gives me a sense of achievement. It gives me a sense of purpose. Um, and it's when I'm sat here doing something for myself or watching TV that I just think, shit, I should be doing something for someone else. And I'll scroll through, scroll through emails or messages thinking, does anyone need me? Like, I, I can't I can't just switch off. And it's, it's become something where I've had to force myself to switch off um, for my own benefit. Um, last year, my partner and I had to close our tattoo studio 
um, because of COVID and various reasons. And I think that's been something that's really helped me to focus well, put the focus back on me because you know you, we've been six and a half years of focusing on customers, living for, you know, doing doing everything for the customers. Now it's time for us. And during a, a global pandemic, I think it has happened at the right time because it's allowed us this time to really focus on what our needs are. I love that you were able to do that because I. I bet that was hard. Focusing on myself is hard too. I do the same thing. I swear when we were feeling that, maybe we should be each other's accountability. Yeah. When we're doing something for ourselves and we feel like we're not being productive because of that and we need to help somebody else, we should probably message each other and go, hey, hey. Yeah. Check in. Yes, checking in. Because doing stuff for yourself is what I'm realizing. It's hard. While it's hard, it's giving me more of a purpose when I can take care of myself to be able to take care of other people, it's giving me more fuel. Yeah. Amen to that. And I think for us, we do think backwards because a lot of people would start off doing things for others. And then once they've kind of achieved that, then they start to think of, you know, the other side of things. Whereas we just give and it, we don't think about it. We just, we just give. Well, and we probably don't think about it until we're exhausted and then we're like, oh, oh, maybe I gave too much. Maybe I didn't put a boundary there. Or we keep going. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> I will admit, there have been many times when I'm burnt out and I can't let anyone down or I feel like I can't let anyone down. And I just need to keep going and just need to keep giving. And I mean, so a lot of people ask me how I deal with hate and, and things like that on my Instagram. And I don't know. I just feel like if someone directs a transphobic comment towards me, I'll either ignore it or I'll try and educate them. And I can't. I can't really hate them. If I'll, I'll laugh at them, I'll pity them, but I can't hate them. And mm. I still feel like I need to educate them, even though they. I, I know they probably don't want educating. I still feel the need to try and help them through whatever's caused them to to put those comments. Um, a few months ago, there was someone who put a comment on. And it said something like, die, tranny, die. And I just read that and I'm thinking, really? Like, is this some sort of weird joke? And it got deleted. I, I replied to it asking, are you okay? And they deleted it. And then there was another comment. And again, I asked, like, are you okay? Do you need to talk about it? And what, what's the motive behind this? And their answers were very... I don't know, they just didn't make sense at all. They said, I'm just trying to get this account banned. So I asked them, do you mean mine? Do you mean your own? Because if it's your own, I'm pretty sure I can give you some tips. And right, right. <laughs> properly. Um, and yeah, it was just a really bizarre situation. And the more I, I, I had a look at what they were posting, and the more I saw it, and the more I thought, this person seems really troubled. And yes, what they said is, is hurtful. I just washed it away because I just think, you know what, it's just another comment. But to other people who would take it personally, it isn't just another comment. So I, yes, I, I wrote them a long message saying, are you okay? You know, if you want to talk about it, if you're going through something, just, just reach out, let me know. Um, and they stopped replying. So whether they got bored of me, whether they did get banned, I just hope they're doing okay at the moment. And, you know, even if they still hate me, I don't care. At least they know that, They've 
had an, an engagement and interaction with a trans person. The trans person didn't try and shove anything down their throats about trans rights or gender diversity. It was just another person. Uh, a, that shows your heart, which I love. Um, but B, I think you and I, I mean, you're slightly younger than me, but we are in the same generation, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that there's something to be said about the older generation, um, the one right above the millennials that is um, a little bit less about the cancel culture and a little bit more about um, the education. If there is somebody coming into my space that is really just scared to ask a question because they're they're sheltered, they're, they, they're ignorant, they don't know about these words or these phrases or things about being trans or being queer, and they want to come in and ask and feel safe and not feel canceled for not knowing, I want to provide that to them. I think that there's something really loving about saying, if you're asking this because you really don't know, I am happy to have a conversation with you about it. If you're trying to be mean, like my Aries moon is going to light you on fire. But, you know, I think that there are a lot of people that just want they, they want a safe space without feeling attacked. And I, we talked about this a little bit in the episode um, before with um, the myths and misconceptions of being yeah. trans, the panel discussion, which was so great. Um, and I think that it's really important to know that there are people that are not as progressed as some of our communities are, yeah. and they need to learn safely yeah. in a I safe think, space. I think that applies to everybody, you know, who is outside of our community and especially to allies, because I know allies do want to show support. They just don't know how to. And sometimes it's difficult for them to ask for help because as an ally, putting myself into their shoes, I would have thought, you know, they'd be sat there thinking, shit, I should know the answer to this. I should be able to do this. And it's that word, should. Just because you're an ally, it doesn't mean you automatically have all the knowledge, all the you know, the the tools to, to be an ally. And I think, you know, I, I say to people, if you want to ask me anything, I'm an open book. You, you know, don't be worried about asking embarrassing questions. Personally, for me, I'm fine with that. Just be respectful of others who may not be, and not every trans or non-binary person is a walking encyclopedia. Be respectful and, you know, try and look it up yourself because that's also a good thing to to find that self-motivation to get out there and look for the info. Don't just rely on someone telling you. If you genuinely are stuck or you want to find out about a specific lived experience, then yeah, reach out and ask somebody directly that's willing to, to talk to you about it. But I think allies sometimes get too scared to, to ask for help. And as a result of that, they can't defend us. They can't stand with us. They can't fight for us when we need them to. And I think sometimes as a community, we're, in, we're a bit guilty of kind of making them feel like they can't ask because they see activists who are really, you know, out there shouting loud and proud, which is great, but they can sometimes see us as unapproachable and that if we speak to them about it, we'll use all this jargon and we'll throw all these facts in their faces. And, you know, we're not all like that. And, you know, there are other trans people who seem unapproachable and never post about being trans. Fine. And, you know, they, they, we're such a diverse community that we we all need to be saying, look, you know, if, if you want to help us, we would love for you to help us. And if you're not sure how, just ask. Yeah, I think 
you know, the trans experience and trans lives are way more forefront than they've ever been. And this is a, this is twofold, you know, it's, it's got a positive and a negative to that. Mm. Um, It's bringing out the uh, transphobic, horrible humans, but it's also bringing out people that, you know, I can't tell you if I had a, a, a dollar for every time a cis gay man has found out that I was recently came out as by gender and trans and that, you know, I'm in within that community. I've every time I hear, especially if they're over a certain age, can I ask you just one question? Can I ask you just a really quick question? I hear it all the time. And I'm always like, I always know what's coming next. Do you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, here we yes. go. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, you've had it. Like when I first came out, I I knew this was going to happen. I knew I'd get the same questions over and over, which is why on my blog I wrote an FAQ section. And I just thought, you know what? I just did one post. I said, I'm rebranding. Put a photo of me as I looked then and just said, if you have any questions, click this link. And yeah, it just it's just to get 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 over that side of things because it's always can I just ask one question and that leads to more questions and an hour later you are basically telling them what's inside your pants and how you live your life and you just think how the fuck have we got here you know right and usually when I hear can I ask just one question and like their voice goes down and the volume goes down. I know it's going to be a question that's not appropriate. And I have to always find a way to go, okay, let's talk about why you felt like that was okay to ask and why you feel like that's okay to ask ever. Yeah. And we talked about this in the other episode too. And and I feel like that we're opening ourselves up for that by being open to these questions. And I, I feel like this is a great segue to go into what Pass It On is and what how you came up with the idea for this project and, and yeah, please explain. It's, um, it came about from something that was really bugging me um, ever since I came out. And it's this idea that trans women especially kind of deviate towards a model image or, you know, a certain beauty standard where we come out, we come out of one binary box and we're too quick to jump into the other one. And I understand the reasons why I'm, you know, I'm guilty of that myself because when we first come out, this idea of passing within society, it allows us a comfort, a protection as we go from point A to point B. We just want to be out and about living our authentic lives and not really have any problems from people. So passing is a good thing, but at the same time, it's erasing who we are. We are trans. We're not trying to be cisgender. We won't ever be cisgender. It comes from ourselves to accept who we are and just move forward with that. And, you know, it's it's a condition. And like all conditions, you you deal with it. And not all conditions can be fixed. And it's a case of making the most of your life with a certain condition. So it's a, quite a few things. And I've experienced hate from outside of the community, but also judgment and hate from within the community as well for not looking as cisgender as possible, for for not looking like a cisgender woman. And, you know, I've been to events um, or gatherings where there have been other trans women, trans male, you know, non-binary people. And it's, we're supposed to be a community where we can just be ourselves, be diverse. And 
you know, we crack open the binary box that, that we've been in for so long and we can be free. Um, but why are we then so desperate to try and be something else? Why can't we just live that moment and allow ourselves to just sort of exist? Um, and at some of these events, I've noticed that when the popular ones come in into the room, it's like a scene from Mean Girls. That's the only way I can describe it. And they walk through the room and they judge, they scan the room. And it's almost like they're comparing, you know, oh, yeah, I'm more cisgender looking than you are. And therefore, I'm more trans or a better trans person than you. And it creates the wrong impression of who we are. We're not we're not trying to take anything away and we're all equal we're all trans and it's not about looks it's not about you know that hourglass figure or having muscles and a six-pack it's just appreciating each other and as a community we get so much hate from outside that we need to band together overlook you know superficial things like body size body shape and just help each other and support each other so the idea of passing was really something that I used to subscribe to, not so much these days. Um, I've, I think I've learned through self-acceptance and just going on my journey, pulling apart why I do the things I do. Um, I mean, I've had, you know, I'm, on, I'm, I'm transitioning medically. I've had HRT. Um, I chose to have facial surgery because there were certain parts of my face that were just constant reminders of a previous life. Um, breast augmentation, again, that, that was for me, and that was because, quite simply, it was because there were certain tops and dresses I couldn't wear um, due to lack of boob growth. So, you know, for me, that's to allow me to just be comfortable in my own body and to just be able to express myself a bit more, whether it's through clothing or whatever. And I always say, like, you know, if you, if you want surgery, go for it have surgery as long as you're doing it for you not because you've seen on instagram or facebook that everybody else looks like that if you want facial surgery fine make sure you're doing it for you um i recently did a video um that was looking at the importance of language which is on my instagram and that looks at somebody who's being interviewed by their surgeon about why they have facial surgery and i was looking more at the language that they use because she said that if you want to be a trans woman, you need to have facial surgery. You need to have breast augmentation. The, the, the person said this or the doctor? The person. Um, and I thought, you know, they were quite, a, apparently they're quite a big name. And I'm thinking, you know, a person with that sort of platform, you've got to be careful. You could be influencing so many people without even realizing it. And yes, that's your choice, but that doesn't mean it's everybody else's choice. And to say you know, in a statement, you need to do this, you need to do that. And the other thing she said was something like, um, she she came out recently and didn't have many procedures, but then went on to it, you know, rattle off all the procedures she did have. And she's basically saying, you know, if you want to do it, just do it all at once. What are you being afraid of? And that really got me because I'm thinking, just because somebody doesn't want to to have five procedures at once, just because somebody can't financially afford it, that doesn't mean they're afraid. And mm. we can't be setting those sorts of standards. Society, and you know, we're, we're oppressed by a cisgender society as it is. And we need to kind of break away and show that we're not willing to be bound by them. And 
when I started the campaign a few months ago, somebody point, pointed out um, that cisgender women have been trying to move away from labels with certain body shapes and sizes for so long, yet trans women are, are coming out and trying to be the next top model. You know, mm. we, we should see the, the struggles that cisgender women have and say, look, we recognise those struggles. Let's join the fight. Let's, let's stand together and, and fight against, you know, certain brands and their ridiculous clothing sizes and just erase the idea that, you know, everyone needs to be a size 8 or a size 10 and just be who you want to be. Yeah. I mean, I think you just said so much there. I feel like my therapist in the way that I'm like, I have so many thoughts right now and I need to figure out what to say around this. Um, I think, you know, as somebody that's a baby trans that, you know, have been, has been thinking about it for years, but really just made the decision last year. Um, I had a lot of that. I had a lot of people saying, are you going to do surgery? Have you decided, are you going to have top surgery? You know, uh, and I had this necessary need to, um, embrace my masculine side and really like be that mask person that I I had felt for so long. And, and I realized I was fitting, I had, had opened that binary box and was trying to figure out what that looked like for me. Mm. And I fell into these very toxic masculine spaces. And I was like, Oh, why am I doing this? Why is this my natural response? And it's because it's what society tells me is masculine. Yeah. And then I was like, somebody asked me one day on TikTok, I think they were like, you're masked, but you wear makeup and you're wearing an earring. And I was like, oh, this is so much bigger than this response. But like, I decided that I wasn't going to fit into any, I mean, I'm by gender anyways, but I'm going to fit into whatever I fit into. And if I wear earrings one day and lipstick another, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We need to stop doing this. And and the person that asked that question was also transgender. And so it was like, what are we doing? Society does this enough to us. Why are we doing it to each other? Exactly. Yeah. We I mean, of all people, you know, we should under we should understand and recognize a struggle and we should be able to to spot that straight away and and know what not to ask because, you know, if it was just someone cis asking us that we wouldn't be too happy with some of those questions yet why do we automatically feel it's okay to ask within our community and at the end of the day yes we are you know we're we're trans we're non-binary gender diverse whatever you know we we choose to identify as that's just one common thing we are still individuals and we should still treat each other with respect and part of the i like the, the campaign and the idea behind it is to allow those that don't have much of a voice to have a say and to to elevate their voice. So if they've got something important to say, to give them a platform and let them say it. Because the other thing with social media is popularity. You could have a great looking body, you could, you know, have a great head of hair or great six pack, and you could have the most bland message, yet you have thousands of likes, thousands of millions of followers. Um, And, you know, when you go on the Explore page, that's the first thing you see because it's focused on popularity. You could have somebody who's only just come out, like you would say, baby trans, and have a great message and some really poignant messages and thoughts purely through being who you are. And you want to share them with with the rest of the world, but no one will ever see or hear those messages because you're not popular enough. And that's because social media focuses on popularity. So... 
it's, you know, for me, three and a half, four years into my transition, I'm happy now to put aside my transition and kind of almost put that on hold so I can kind of give back. I recognize my privilege and having a voice and now saying to people, well, if you want to say something, here's a platform, send a video in, send a message, we'll post it. If you want to do it yourself on that platform, go for it. And some of the messages have been have been really great. You know, some of them have been very thought provoking. Others have been messages of solidarity. But it's great to see people just coming forward and, and saying, yes, I do have something to say and I would like this chance to say it because I've never had this chance before. And is that where the idea came up with and how is this formatted now? So if people don't follow it, what do these videos mean? What do you mean? So um, little like messages of what it means to be trans, non-binary, gender diverse, and how having to stick to, you know, binary rules, a cisgender society and how it affects them. And the fact that we deal with that, like you were saying, we deal with that every day. Why do we have to deal with it within our own community? Um, but also kind of pushing the messages so that we stand together. Um, at the moment, there is more representation in the media, which is a good thing. Um, however, I'd like to see more, more representation of different body types, because when you see someone you know, on, say, Munro Bergdorf or Paris Lees, great icons, great activists, and they do a lot for the community. But the researchers from programmes would never pick someone who, you know, is two years into their transition because right. they know that the audience, when the programme airs, is more likely to relate to someone who looks cisgender. So... They do it to kind of bridge a gap, but it's not helping us at all no. to say to people, look, trans people, look, we come in all shapes and sizes. Some of us have big shoulders, some of us have deep voices, but just because society and you've, you know, has taught you that and you've grown up to think, okay, women need to look like this, men need to look like this. If anything deviates from that, you instantly call it out, you instantly cancel it, you instantly hate. Right. Oh, that comes from the media and you know the media has a huge role to play in educating and saying look this is such and such a person it's a trans man there you go and say you know just just put that out there let people see and the more people see the more hopefully and I, I would personally love this the more the more they get tired of us because I see it like tattoos you think back to like 20 30 years ago if you said to someone, I've got a tattoo or even a piercing, straight away it's like, oh, fuck, show me, show me, I need to see, what is it, why, how, did it hurt? You know, all those questions. And now if you say to someone, I've got a tattoo. They don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, so what? Who hasn't? And for trans non-binary people to, to be able to say, oh, I'm trans, and for someone to go, so, and? That's exciting. Right. We're Yeah, we're normal. And... You know, being boring is good because we're no longer hot topics. We're no longer the subject of debates by politicians who don't know how we live or what it's like to, to live like this. We are just people. We're accepted. And you only have to look back at, you know, the struggles that, that gays, lesbians had. Now, you know, if you say my, my friend's gay, he's getting married. You know, great, happy for them. So what? You know, brilliant. We need to be at that. And and 
we only have to look back a few years to show that that is possible. So why are we going through this now? Why is our community being dragged through this? And the only way I can think of it is maybe because this idea of gender is such it's such a weird anomaly and it goes right back to you know that first moment we're born and it's it's perhaps the first label that we'll ever get and and therefore it becomes a part of our foundation and so we are basically saying you know we're going to go right back to that very very first thing that we're labeled with as soon as we're born um, and we're going to challenge that. We're going to change that. And this is why we're changing that. And this is why we don't agree with that. And people can't get their heads around that because it's too much change. It's unraveling too much. Um, in the same way that you shouldn't expect every baby that's born to be straight. It's this misconception. Everyone just assumes, yeah, baby, all babies are straight until proven otherwise or until they come out. Um, but no, you know. I was assigned male at birth, but I knew fairly early on that that did not fit me. Um, I couldn't articulate it. I just, I just knew. And, you know, for someone else to label you and you to have to live your life like that, and the moment you can speak up about it, society slaps you around the face and says, shop, you don't know what you're talking about. Sit back down and get on with your life as you were taught. So no, it's time to challenge that. And it's, I was thinking the other day about this, this whole idea of coming out. It's, it's shit. It's wrong. It's archaic. Yeah. The, coming out means being straight or, you know, being cisgender is the default. And mm -hmm. that is the norm. And we are coming out and we have to almost as a courtesy say to society, I'm different. Well, no. No, if anything, we should just be able to be who we are. We, there shouldn't need to be a coming out because we should just be able to accept each other and just be. Yeah, I, I, I've even heard people arguing the word cis. Yes. Because that denotes original or real or authentic. Um, and that's harmful. And, you know, I've even, I've been trying to not use the word male or female. I'm just trying to be using femme and mask because I feel like we're all kind of on this, on this trajectory fluidity life anyways, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, while it is very, uh, it's an evolution of the community of the word of the, um, of, 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 being transgender and the community accepting it in general of education, it's all growing. It's all changing all of the time. Um, I do think that this project that you've created is giving a safe space to uh, us little people. I know, I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like um, you know, we're so focused on the influencer vibes yeah. of, of the world um, that I think um 2021 is more about the rest of us. Mm, I agree. And especially after the pandemic, you know, that, that started last year, that, that's still ongoing. It's it's made us realise that whether you are rich, whether you're famous, whether you have very little and you're still having to work throughout a pandemic, we're all people. We're all the same. We go through the same experiences. So it's kind of a, a bit of a reset on, on, on the human race. And 
it's shit that uh, it, it's really shit that a pandemic has had to do this. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's happened. Let's learn from it. And the idea of the campaign is, you know, if you want to look as cisgender as possible, fine. That's your choice. Don't feel like you need to. Don't be afraid to ask questions of why you choose to do that. But at the same time, that's your choice. Just don't expect others to follow your choice. Don't belittle them or judge them for not following your choice. And at least acknowledge that that's your choice. You know, when you, if you choose to use your social media to reach thousands of people, get thousands of likes and have no message, that's fine. You know, that's, that's fine. There are those that don't have that privilege, but they do have a message. And, you know, the least I ask is every now and then just say, you know, I'm a trans person. This is just me. And what you see as my follower is just my life. That is not representative of every trans person. And encourage your followers to go out and seek other trans or other... It's not even just trans people, you know, just anyone within LGBTQ+, or anyone that's different, just encourage them to seek a different side of things. And don't just keep painting this narrative that, you know, I am what every trans person should be. I am what every trans person does. It's not that. We're all individual. And this idea of, like, social media is great because it can bring people together, but it can be so negative when everybody latches onto the same thing, the same trend, and we just try and end up probably not even realising, just being carbon copies of other people. And I've sometimes found myself doing that. And it's natural. We, You know, as, as human beings, we look to what other people are doing, we see it works for them, and we think, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'm going to give that a go. But it's there comes a point where we think it's not working for me anymore, and it's recognising that and being able to break away from the herd and, and have that confidence to say, nah, that's not for me. I've tried it. It's not for me. I'm going to try something else. Well, I think that's where a lot of queer and trans lives are questioned in the balance when you see a queer person maybe go from being um, a lesbian to pansexual or a trans person changing their name, even after they've changed it once, maybe changing it again, or changing your pronouns from he, you know, he, him to they, them. And when you, when you make those um, updates to your life as you grow, I think even within the community, there's a lot of question when people grow and it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. It's, it's the same as like, you know, why don't people wear certain clothes anymore? Why don't people wear baggy jeans anymore? You know, some things you outgrow. You, you kind of look at yourself and think, that's not me anymore. It was me 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But just like this pair of Dickies jeans that I don't need, it's not me anymore. I've outgrown them. You look and you evolve that identity. And it's it's, again, it's a very old-fashioned archaic way of thinking to say that you know once you come out you can only come out once if you then say this is your name these are your pronouns that is set in stone but let's face it you know I was I was never cisgender to begin with and you know to, to then be able to say I'm now this if people hold you to that then that's not on you you know that's that's on them because they they are so tied to this old-fashioned system that they just can't see past that and all we can do is try and help them to, try and help them to learn and understand 
who we are, what we're about, and that we're not trying to change their world, and just open up some minds if they choose not to. There are plenty of idiots out there who still believe the world is flat. And you know what? If you want to do that, fine. Um, just don't expect everyone else to, to think that's in, in the same way. And you only have to look at the vaccine issue at the moment with so many conspiracy theories. And it's absolutely insane. But it just goes to show there will always be people who are too scared to open the mind, too scared to believe something different. And we can't change them and we can't help them until they're ready to be changed. Yeah, I think that it's funny when you were talking about the, when, when you were just, when we, this whole part of this conversation reminded me of, of what's happening on the internet right now between um, the uh, Gen Z and the millennials talking about, and, and I think that's, this is a perfect little tiny caption of how social media and society tries to tell us what's cool and what's not you know, Gen Z saying no more skinny jeans and no more laughing, crying emojis, because that makes you look old. And I don't want to date somebody like that. And I love how millennials have clapped back and are like, don't fucking tell us what to do. Don't tell us what to wear. And I feel like my generation, you know, our generation is has raised a lot of those millennials. Mm -hmm. And so the, the millennials have a voice and they've found that voice chakra. And they're like, Nope, we will wear whatever the fuck we want. And but that's such a great example of how fast someone could be demoralized because of something they do on the internet or something they wear that makes them feel good. Like, what are we doing that we are judging people by something they're wearing and telling them that they are not essentially not attractive to a whole generation of people? Like, there is something essentially wrong there. So when I see it, I'm like, nope, that's not welcome here. It's wild to me. Yeah, and we, we, it's like we're, we're policing each other and yes. we have no right to do that. And it, it, it all stems from stereotypes, I think, because in your mind as an individual, you have a perception of what X, Y, and Z should be. And you go out there and if something doesn't fit your perception, you challenge it, you do something about it, and you instinctively want that person to, to fall in line with your perceptions and multiply that by everybody on the planet. And there are so many clashes and it's, it's just so stupid that, you know, like this whole Gen Z millennial debate, it's just nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's just, that's just who you are. And if you choose to use emojis, you choose to present like this, so what, you know, who cares? You're not committing a crime putting an emoji on, on your Insta or in a message is not a crime. I mean, I remember, I mean, I don't really speak to my parents and my biological family at all. My mom will send me a random message like maybe once or twice a year and she'll use emojis. And if anything, I just look at that and think, how the fuck do you know how to use emojis? You know, <laughs> an entire sentence made of emojis and I'm sat there trying to decipher them all. But I mean, as much as I don't get on with my family, that's perhaps a good example of my mom is like really old and if she can mm -hmm. still do that and still not care and still just embrace emojis, then she's so switched off from social media that it's not bothering her that she's not falling in line with a trend and she's not following this herd. She's just happy 
probably because she thinks they look cute and she's going to use them regardless of what people think. So it, it's this cancel culture, this idea that if you don't fit in, you are no longer anybody. And, you know, what right does anyone have to do that to somebody? Yeah, I, I think that this, it's harmful. Somebody asked me my gender the other day. And when I said by gender, they were like, that doesn't make sense. Like, explain. And I was like, okay, A, why do I have to explain? But B, I decided to come up with a new gender for myself. Because I, I, I very gentlemanly in the way of like, like mad men gentlemen, that's kind of my vibe. But I also have like stripes of femme. So I'm calling myself a gentle femme. Oh, I because like that. I feel like my femme has had 46 years to really uh, cook <laughs> and simmer. Um, but the, the mask side is just uh, enjoying himself. And I think if you explain it in words, feeling words to people, they, they become more invested rather than wanting to put you in a box. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, one of my partners is um, a... Uh, femme and you know she was trying to wrap her head around you know what to tell her friends and family like my about my gender and I said I think it's okay to not put it in a box for people I think it's okay to just say you're dating someone and tell them what you you like about that person tell them you know about their great femme qualities or their great mask qualities um, tell them that you enjoy putting on makeup together or tell them this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think anything that is a loving way of getting them outside of the gender norms and the binary and help them kind of fall in love with people as people yeah. and not in these, in these uh, predestined binary boxes. That's how we're going to do this through love and through feelings. Absolutely agree. And I think, you know, we're in danger of kind of, coming full circle and becoming the people that we, you know, we said that we are not because yes. again, it's like the pass it on campaign. We are in danger of jumping out of one binary situation or box into another and thinking we've broken free, but before we know it, we're still labeling something and, you know, we we're just kind of playing back to what society has taught us right from the beginning, the very thing that we're trying to fight against. And, I've been wondering this a, a lot recently and like this, this idea that sexuality, for example, previously saying, you know, I'm bisexual. Now looking at it in terms of pansexual, it's, there are, there are so many overlaps. And at the end of the day, I see pansexual as more, I don't know, a bisexual version too, you know, a more leveled up, more inclusive bisexual because even just in the, the very definition of the word itself you know you are still constraining yourself to one or the other and mm. to, to then say you know to, to say you're, you're pansexual it's it's liberating and you and you you've, you can identify with it more because you you know you know just because i'm not one it's got to be the other it no it's it's accepting yourself more accepting other people more but it's also is liberating in terms of the language used and also who we are as people. And, you know, like you were saying, somebody asking about being by gender and things like that, nobody has to be a certain way. And you only have to look within, a, you know, a, a typical cisgender male 
scenario, I guess, that, you know, you'll have the the ones who are really well built, love their sports, the, I don't know, the jocks, and you've got the ones who are so crap at sports, but, you know, they're very intellectual, they love video games, for example, or they just love reading a book, and they sport is nothing for them. They don't like going to the gym, and, you know, they're both men, and it doesn't make one or the other more or less of a man. So already within a cisgender society, there is this wide spectrum. So, you know, in terms of gender, you just step back a little bit more and it's a, an even bigger spectrum. And I just don't, don't understand how people can't understand that. They see difference all around them within a cisgender scenario. Why can't they just step back a bit further and look at it from a bigger angle? Yeah, it's, it, it is a little bit, uh, it makes me confused a lot too. And, you know, I interviewed last year, a uh, gender nonconforming activist and author, Alok, and they said, um, our, our society puts us in these boxes and we have this beautiful rainbow flag and we have this beautiful rainbow community. Why are we dulling ourselves back to where cisgender society wants us to be why are we doing that to ourselves why do we keep falling into this place that's so boring when there is nothing boring about being part of the lgbtq plus community like we are so bright we are so vibrant we are all so different we are all so beautiful we are all so fucking fascinating why are we doing this to ourselves? It's actually asinine to me. It's and and they made such a strong point. They were like, trans and queer people that do that are so boring to me. And I was like, ooh, that's such a like a highbrow, uh, um, almost uh, insult in a way. And I loved it because I was like, you know me and highbrow insults. I was like. Ooh, I feel like the next time someone does that and is like putting another queer or trans person in a box, I feel like saying, oh, that's so boring. You know what I mean? Because it really is. It's it's moved on. It's it's evolved. And I mean, I identify as trans femme. And for me, so far, that's been the only way I can describe how I am, my identity. But, uh, you know, we never stop learning. We never stop evolving. And even to this day, I've, I've now started thinking, well, I see I see the gender spectrum and I see non-binary in the middle. Mm. That's the default position. And whether you go left or to the right, how far over to the left or right you go, that's up to you. And it's a sliding scale. You don't have to be static. And some days... I'll feel more femme than other days. And so what? You know, it, that's fine. That's okay. And it's not, you know, it's not something where I'm backtracking on who I am. I'm just exploring myself further and just realizing that just because you come out and say you are one thing doesn't mean you can't evolve again. And let's just look at Pokemon. You know, po Pokemon evolved more than once. So why can't we? I love that. What a great analogy. I love that. 
Well, I know you've been on other episodes before, but I want to close this with some of my lightning round questions because I've never gotten to ask just you those questions on panels. Um, but before we do that, how can people get, um, send you videos about their experience? How can people get involved with the Pass It On project? So you, know, you can find more about it on Instagram, which is passiton.campaign. Um, or you can look me up on Instagram. It's Eva Echo with a zero instead of an O at the end. Um, but yeah, you know, just Google me. You'll be able to find me. Um, if you want to, you know, get in touch with me, drop me a message. Uh, we can talk through it. If you want to do it, you know, if you want to record it yourself and just send it to me, I can add it on there. Or if you want to do a live, it's entirely up to you. If you've got something to say, if you want to get something off your chest, you just want to share a message with our gender diverse brothers and sisters. Absolutely more than welcome. And I feel like this is a good time to say, you know, I, I, I know I'm biased here, but Eva's a really good sibling to have. And I felt very comforted by you in the past, um, just in my journey. So yeah, you. you're a really good sibling to have. Okay, my, my, my lightning round questions. First okay. of all, what is your favorite curse word? I'm not allowed to say it. Oh, you can say whatever the fuck you want on here. Oh, cunt. Yeah. And then, you know, the Brits, you guys use that. So I want to, I would like to adopt that, but Americans handle it so much different than Brits do, but I love yeah. it. I mean, over here, it's still frowned upon, but, you know, I'll sprinkle out there like salt. You know, it makes no difference to me. Because, again, it's like, it's like normalizing the gender diverse experience. The more we say it, the more it becomes, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, people used to, you know, there'd be absolute outcry if someone said the word fuck in a film. And now it's it's just so vanilla. And, you know, people have moved on. So let's yeah. normalize it. You know, if, if you think someone's an absolute cunt, just, just tell them. Say it. Don't, don't try and dress it up in a very nice little package with a bow. If that's how you feel, say it. Fucking say it. Yes, I love that. I love it. Um, what is, what music are you listening to right now? Because I don't know about you, but Cap, especially Capricorns, we fill our lives with music. It's helps us kind of get out of our heads and, um, it's very therapeutic to me in many ways, but I always love to hear what music people are listening to. All sorts. And yeah, I completely agree. Like music's been a huge part of my life and, you know, it's got me through so many bad times. And at the same time, and you used to be a drummer. Hmm? You were a drummer. Yes, I was. I used. To, I mean, I started off as a guitarist um, many, many moons ago when I first picked up a guitar. I learned how to play it and started writing music. And in a, in a very, very early band, the drummer left, and I thought, "Fuck yeah!" I've always wanted to play drums. I've always wanted to hit things with sticks. So I kind of taught myself. Um, but yeah, music has been my my lifeline because during the real lows it's given me focus it's given me a way to kind of harness everything that's going on in my head and turn it into something productive um and you know as much as i don't get on with my my family growing up being exposed to a lot of 60s 70s music it's helped me to shape who i am in terms of you know a, a person and musically so i listen for anything from neil diamond absolutely love a bit of Neil, right through to, you know, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, Bury Tomorrow, um, Architects. And right now, I cannot wait for the new Architects album, which drops mm -hmm. later this month. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love my Spotify playlist because it's so diverse. And 
you know, I'll have the release radar, which is great because I don't have to worry about looking for something. It 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 knows me and it starts suggesting these new songs for me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to listen to that. So, I yeah, definitely the architects right now, and I'm going through a bit of a a nostalgic phase as well. So I'm kind of listening to some old new metal, mm. um, bit of uh, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach have redone some stuff. Um, just just remembering those times. I love that. And we don't allow ourselves to get sentimental like that very often. So I love that when I, I do get into those spaces because music's very powerful for that. Mm. So what, um, I if you um, had to name two people in your life, it doesn't have to be somebody that you know, it could be a celebrity or an influencer that have inspired you to be who you are today, but they can't be cisgender white men because they've had enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who would you say have, has inspired you? Oh, too many. Um, I love that. Nicole Gibson is someone who I followed for a long time. Um, admiring her story, relating to her story. And yeah, it's, you know, it's just one of those situations where you just happen to notice someone on YouTube. And the more you find out about them, the more their journey resonates with you. So, you know, her story has really stuck with me. Um, mm -hmm. Just too many people. And I don't think there's any one person that's had you know, so much of an influence. Uh, everybody contributes to me in my mm. own way. And the more I'm opening up myself to be influenced and inspired by others, the more I realize that I'm finding certain strengths in places that I'd never even thought to look. Um, and I, I suppose like, you know, the other example or the other person would be Carmen Carrera because mm. I first noticed her on RuPaul's Drag Race and you know, back then watching it, it's just RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, it's, it's entertainment. But then when she came out of the show and to see her being very public about who she was, and I knew her as, you know, as a contestant on, on, on Drag Race first. And to then see her do this, it kind of made me think, you know what, if people see you as one person, but you choose to come out and be someone else, that's absolutely fine. Um, and to see how far she's come is really inspiring. And so, yes, so I guess those would be two people. And you just signed with her agency, correct? I did, yes, CC3 Entertainment. Congrats. That's huge. Mm. You know, I, I have followed Carmen since the very beginning, too. And I actually, even before seeing Disclosure, I saw that interview that she did with Katie Couric, the mm. one that was in Disclosure. I watched that shit live. And I remember when Katie asked her that horrible question, I remember cringing. And I remember thinking, what the fuck is Katie Kirk doing? And then I remember um, Laverne coming out after and like setting the record so firmly, but lovingly straight mm. saying, let me tell you why this is not okay, Katie. And I was like, oh, and it was so educational for so many of us at that moment, that level of composure, kindness, education, but also firmness um, around all of that. I have, I have looked up to Carmen since that day 
because of how lovingly she handled that moment, mm. it could have been handled so much differently. And she had so much composure and so much strength. Um, she's very inspiring to me in Absolutely. a lot of ways. She's taught me I, a lot about dealing with haters and how to how to reframe it in your own mind because, you know, how you choose to accept and receive that hate is is down to you. And yeah, it's it's really opened up my mind and just her confidence is really inspiring because, you know, you see the people who've come out of RuPaul's Drag Race and you see what they do now. And then you look at what Carmen's done. She, you know, she, she wasn't afraid to challenge Ru about, you know, inclusivity um, within the show itself. And mm. though she got a lot of backlash from other people, she did have a lot of support as well. But it's the fact that she wasn't afraid to speak up and have that conversation. That's something that's I, I found absolutely amazing. And she's, you know, she's done all sorts. Like she opened up a. Um, a house in South South America uh, for for trans people, and you know she she basically pushed for that, recognizing there is an issue there, and we need to give them more support. So it's great to see people at the top, people in the public eye, really setting that pace. Yeah, uh, using your using your platform for something important that that is not just self self-help, helping yourself and self, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean, self-absorbed. Yeah, and being and just knowing, yes, you will always get hate for it, but at the same time, knowing that you're doing it to help people and you can't help everybody. If you can just help a small group, then fine. Well, I think uh, Carmen was one of the catalysts for Drag Race when to change that part where RuPaul used to say, you've got she-male. Yes. And then that changed to... RuPaul got a lot of heat for that as well. You know, that is a whole, RuPaul is a whole different generation of, of, of yeah. gay and queer. And so that language just was not there. And uh, that changed. And I know Carmen was part of that um, change. And I was so happy to see it. It was like, okay, time for a refresh course here. Yeah. Okay. So the, your last question is if you could have lunch with your younger self, what age would you be? What would you say to them? And where would you where would you eat? What would you eat together? Oh, I would say I would be talking to my 12, 13 year old self. Um, and that I would pick the moment where I found out that all my friends at school had turned against me that very moment during a lunch period. And I would say to myself, We'll have lunch. It would be lasagna, obviously. I love that <laughs> Italian meat cake I cannot get enough of. Um, but I would say to myself, look, you know, these people have turned on you. Don't blame yourself because whatever their reasons are, you know, you, you can't force them to change back if they've chosen to go down this path. Um, and spend lunch with me and we'll just talk about anything you want to talk about. Be there for you, be there, and I'll listen. And going you know for the rest of your life just remember be your own kind of beautiful don't don't worry about what others will think of you because for me that was a turning point i became so focused and anxious of what people thought of me because they managed to then turn the rest of the the year group against me i became so obsessed with how people thought of me and whether they were laughing at me that i stopped being me i stopped mm -hmm. 
you know, experiencing things. I stopped expressing who I am. And I'd love to go back to that point and say, you can do this. Just be your own kind of beautiful. Don't give a fuck and just push yourself in the way that you want to go. What a perfect, perfect way to end this. You, um, you are just a beautiful soul inside and out. I'm so excited to know you and happy to know you and to have you as a sibling, um, a chosen sibling. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time. Um, I'm excited to, uh, point everyone into the direction of your project because I think it's just helping a lot of people um, and uh, to welcome you into the TikTok world as well because I'm happy to have you there. Thank you so much and thanks for having and me. I make quite a lasagna. You don't. I'm sure you knew that being Italian. So whether I have to come to the UK and make it for you or you come here and I make it or both. Let's both. We're, yeah. yeah, we're manifesting both. The game of two halves, let's do this. Yes, yes, and I'll make it for Pippa too, and yes, it'll be a, it'll be a whole thing. Thanks again for being here. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes. We hope you'll join our quickly growing online community where there is always someone to hold a space for you if you feel alone. If you have an idea for an upcoming guest or topic, please don't hesitate to reach out. All social media links and contact information can be found at my website, mariangelaabeo.com. And until next time, take care of yourselves and those around you. And by that, I mean, wash your fucking hands, wear a damn mask, defund the police, pay the fee, basically continue fighting for the rights of indigenous and black lives everywhere, including and especially black trans lives. And do your part to abolish all forms of systemic racism. I'll see you next time.